Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, guys, before we jump in the show, got to give a shout out to our friends over at Light Shade Dispensary, where you can use the code DNVR for 25% off, not just your first purchase, but every single purchase you make from Light Shade Dispensary. Uh, and this month, they've got sweet deals from Escape Artists, the highest awarded topical brand in Colorado that prioritizes quality and consistency with ratios available from one to one and high ratio CBD 20 to one. They've got you covered always using the best materials and ingredients to deliver a premium experience. So check out our friends over at light shade dispensary, check out their deals on escape artists and use the code DNVR 25 to get 25% off your purchase. DNVR. We're live from Studio A here at the DNVR bar. The A stands for absolutely perfect because this is the absolute perfect dramatic scenario to talk about when it comes to Broncos ownership. I gotta be honest, ownership normally doesn't interest me all that much. Obviously, it's more interesting now that we're nearing a conclusion and it just got even more interesting with two of the names who came out that will be part of the bidding process. We'll talk all about it here in just a second, but first a shout out to our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online, msudenver.edu slash online, where you can scope out all they have to offer. 750 total classes, 45 plus online and hybrid programs, something for everyone over at MSU Denver Online. My boys, what is up? I mean, if it couldn't get any better this week with a full-on coaching search, now we find out that the Broncos will pretty much officially be sold. Nothing is in the way for them to be sold now. And then it gets juicy. Peyton Manning versus John Elway, plus four others to own the team. This is funny because it's like, this is a classic off-season topic, right? Who'd you, who you got, Manning yeah. or Elway? Yeah. Yeah. It's just actually very applicable this yep. time. And guys, the over, over, overwhelming fan favorite in this scenario is Peyton Manning. And I guess I'll oh, ask the question. 
any surprise from either of you that like so i saw a friend of the program uh zach by mm-hmm. put out a poll it was 93 to 7 uh towards peyton yeah. manning you put out a poll that i saw I later on seven. it was seven like, percent for john it was 88 7 and then five percent wanted neither which is interesting. Um, well, that's yeah. I thought it would be interesting. I guess to put that's that like on the there. Bezos people who are just I, like, give me the richest. Yeah, person. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I that have, is. I have the re- yeah, that's exactly what it is. Now the question is, how does the sale take place? I mean, we've heard like the word auction thrown around, and it's not. And what it, and what that means is, it wouldn't be simply that. Oh, like, hey, hey, we got three, three and a half billion, three and a half billion. Do we hear three, seven, five, three, seven, five? Do I hear three, seven, five? It would not be like that. I'm kind of down for that. It would be, be it great. would be, it would be awesome if it were, <laughs> but it would be a case where you simply had the bids come in. The league would hit, the league would have vetted all the possible groups and out of an obligation to maximize value for the, for the, for those who are inheriting the Broncos, the Bowling fam, the Bowling, the Bowling children, John Bowling, who has his shares, et cetera, not not Johnny, but John, Pat's brother, then the obligation would be to maximize the return. Yeah, and I think even in when the trust was set up, it said give it to one of the kids or mm-hmm. sell it to the highest bidder. Right. And so that's what we're looking at here. And the reason why it may end up not being either of these guys is if a Jeff Bezos comes in or a guy that is just so rich that he can outbid any group comes in. Because the groups, you're probably going to have a lot of uh, multimillionaires and you know hundreds of millions of dollars come together. Maybe a couple billionaires. But those people can be outbid by someone that has $70 billion and there's just going to be no competing. So, and, and why this all came out yesterday, Woody page after the right of first, first refusal in the court was denied. Shout out to the court for getting that done. Snappy. Exactly. And uh, I'm sure Joe Ellis is very happy that it happened two to instead of like last week, because Mm -hmm. anyone had to talk about it this past weekend. I I guess they they could have held off for like two weeks. Yeah. They can kick the can down the road until the head coach hire. So that was a statement. I got that. Did you get the text? Yes. Yes, I did too. Like, oh, yep. Going to wait until after the coach hire. There there we go. Yep. And so so we're going to find out about the Broncos ownership officially, but everyone expects mm-hmm. it to be sold. And so what it comes down to, Woody Page put it out last night, that there's about six groups going for it. Two, one of them involves Peyton Manning. One of them involves John Elway. So we get the battle of the quarterbacks here. Do either of you want to make a case for why people should be higher on Elway? I do. Okay. I, I, I do want to. Look, John Elway is a businessman, is has much more experience. He is much more qualified than Peyton Manning as the businessman. Now, Peyton is starting to get in there. He has his Omaha productions that he's got yep. going on. I do want to add in here, Woody Page was on Altitude this morning. And he alluded to essentially like John just wanting to be a minority owner, more on the investment side of this. Mm-hmm. Peyton wanting to be the day-to-day owner of the Denver Broncos. Yeah. And, and not, not surprised at all because look at, look at what John's already done. He's already owned businesses inside of football, outside of football. Of course, the Colorado Crush was the Arena Football League that he owned. And then also... He's everywhere in Colorado. So many car dealerships around here. And then also, of course, Elway's Steakhouse that he has now. So, And he's been in the day-to-day grind 
of the NFL for the last decade. So that doesn't surprise me at all. And of course, that does change the conversation. And that makes it even less that John Elway, that people will want John Elway over Peyton Manning because people want this guy to be a big time figure. And so it's no surprise that John wants to be involved because NFL is a booming business. It's a great thing to be in. So the, the case for John, though, would be his business record yeah. is, is much, much further than, than Peyton Manning's right now. And the other thing for John <laughs> is there is one true Denver Bronco, and it's John Elway. Peyton Manning, in my opinion, is a Bronco more than a Colt, and I think he has proved that over his uh, past you know, five years by staying in Denver. But when it comes to who the true Bronco is, yeah. it is John Elway. Yeah, but at the same time, like, I mean, John Elway, very successful on the car dealership side, but there have been some business missteps for him. His is, his track record was not uniformly successful. For one thing, you go back, he turned down the chance to buy into the Broncos in 1998. And, but and, he wouldn't have been able to do it anyway, right? Yeah. Um, because would, of the right of refer, first refusal. Well, that's, that's what caused it to be challenged. But in right. the end, every one of Kaiser's is challenged. The Kaiser... And Kaiser challenges to it fell short, right? But so, that's what yeah. flared the whole. That's thing what up. that's what got it. That's what got it going. So he turned that down, and then he's had some missteps. He invested in what turned out to be a Ponzi scheme. He he and Mike Shanahan lost a lot of money investing in a cha- in a chain of failed upscale laundromats, a failed <laughs> e-commerce site for for sports. So. Elway's business record. Oh, why, I remember that e-commerce. Yeah, M- uh, MVP, MVP, yeah. MVP.com. So it's him, MJ, and Wayne Gretzky. Yes, yes. It's pretty good. So yeah, he's ha- it hasn't been all smiles and sunshine on the business side. He does have, obviously, more decades involved with business, but there have been some misses. Whereas Peyton Manning, it's fairly limited at this point, but Omaha Productions appears to be a smashing success that could end up being something that is worth hundreds of millions of dollars very soon based on the deals they've made with ESPN and, and the potential uh, for Amazon to get involved with that. The, as anyone in television knows, the money is in production. Okay, well, let, let me counter this, Mace. You want an experienced head coach, right? You want a head coach that's done this before, right? Isn't that a huge reason? Just yesterday you brought up why, You're not, why Dan Quinn is Okay, here? where are you going to no, no, get no. it? Is that, is no, right? no, 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 no. Where, right? where are you going to get somebody who's experienced owning a team? That doesn't exist. No, 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 no. Is that right? It's not. It's right, but it's not. You're, so you're, then, so you're making a specious argument, Zach. These aren't the no, same no, no. thing. I'm making a counterpoint. It's easy here. to find people who have been head coaches before, but finding someone who's owned a team before, these people generally don't exist i'm, I'm not talking not about owning with. a team i'm i'm saying yeah. it, i'm not saying john always owned an yeah. nfl franchise of course not i'm just making, owned a, I'm, yeah. I'm just making the argument that if if it and again i'm for peyton manning and we can get to that <laughs> yeah. in just a second That's, but i'm but making the, the counterpoint zach but but no it, the I, I, there are some similarities no, between owning a thing. business and and owning and running running a team <clears throat> well, i, I do and think he's running a business right now so there you go yeah well, but the difference is you know one guy is was calling the shots for decades and the other has been doing it for a year or two so i'm just saying that's the case for peyton as he has the experience and and and, and that's something we're talking about right now it just happens to be yeah. and, and and it also just happens to be something we're talking about when the head coach search yeah and some me, people want experience for that reason to get those bad things out of the way and let me just add to this and say john elway actually has experience running an nfl team Whereas Peyton Manning has no no experience in that regard. Now you can make the argument that he was calling a lot of shots when he was in the league, but but that's John- also why people I think are so cool on him. Why we see these poll results, because 
it's the last six years of course. that what, people are thinking about. There, you can call it recency bias. You can say, well, the NFL is not for long. What have you done for me lately? But that's why when you take the temperature of the fan base, it is so overwhelmingly for Peyton. Peyton hasn't failed running yes, a team. exactly. But the Broncos have been a failure the last five years. And it's such a feather in the cap of Peyton Manning that universally everyone just expects he'll be successful in whatever he does. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. Um, and, it's, and it's not that easy. Uh, it's not mm-hmm. that obvious, but I'm absolutely also in the camp of wanting Peyton Manning, Manning's group, to win this. And I honestly don't care who else is a part of it um like bezos any of those i want peyton manning i want him being the figurehead of the franchise and like even down to that when you're talking about the face of the franchise which peyton manning kind of still is um even though he's been retired for multiple years he's still the person that broncos fans want representing their team the most in any way but like as the face he's he's younger he looks fresh peyton looks like he's ready to go attack and and succeed in a job every single day we know john elway wants to play golf and hey i fully 100 percent relate to that but that he, he doesn't want to come in here and do the pat bowling thing where he's in the office every single day talking to everyone and that was you know clear from what woody said this morning that's another thing that is a huge fe- uh, feather in the cap of peyton manning where it's like I fully believe that Peyton Manning will go have a desk at Dove Valley and be a part of this. And and that is attractive to me. It also comes with questions of he's going to be doing something he's never done before. But so was John Elway when he got here, uh, for the most part. And he succeeded in it. And, and I have even more belief in Peyton Manning to succeed in whatever he does. Well, and here's also the thing with Peyton Manning and maybe even the biggest argument for him. Not only is he the Denver Broncos still of the past five years, pretty much. And the only thing that the organization's proud of for the most part. But on top of that, he's almost the face of the NFL still. And to have the face of the NFL still and be the owner of your team, he probably would become the face of the NFL if he actually got back into football in this way. And that has so much power that would keep the Bronc that would bring the Broncos back to where they were in 2012 to 2015, where people want to tune in, where people want to care, where the Broncos are always on the forefront of people's minds. So that right there, John Elway is obviously a huge NFL figure, but he would he he's still huge in Colorado. He's not necessarily still huge around the country. So just having Peyton there for that is something outside of the uh, of the organization. That would be another huge get. And and super quick, we had someone in the comment section that says why not both? Well, because Woody said they are in different groups. Mm-hmm. But, hey, I say why not both if it is that Peyton Manning is going to be the figurehead and John just wants to be investor. But we don't no we don't need to talk about that since it's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, technically they could join forces. It, like especially the, the if two John's groups. okay taking a step back. Yeah. Maybe, I just, they, maybe they just don't feel like there's room for both of them in a group. That's what I think. And yeah. here's the other thing with Peyton Manning. And you talk about him being, you know, the, the figurehead of the ownership group. He would be the type of, you know, he's going to be the one representing the Broncos at ownership meetings. Mm-hmm. He's going to be the one, uh, you know, potentially joining the competition committee at some point. Like, well, that stuff is valuable. Here's the thing, though. Like, if let's say he invests, say, 5, 5%, right? It's possible you're looking at a situation where he is the team president, but he's not the managing partner. Okay. So the managing partner is the person that's ponying up a majority of the cash. And that's the person who would be the owner, as in 
owning the team. Manning could easily be on the competition committee, no doubt, because yeah. that's mostly GMs and VPs of football operations, etc. And certainly, I think it would be only a matter of time before he ended up on that committee. But I don't see a scenario where Peyton is putting up five, and really at the absolute maximum, there's been talked about if the Manning family pooled their resources. 10% is probably the absolute maximum they could put in. And I can't see an owner that has 50% plus of the franchise that has put in literally billions of dollars saying, I'm not, I'm not going to be the one who represents the team at the meetings. And also another thing, and, and my radio partner, Eric Goodman, put it this way, who's accepting the trophy when you win the Super Bowl? It's the owner's the one who gets it first. So Peyton could be the team president, but whoever's bringing two billion or more into the into the equation is going to be the one that gets the trophy. You don't think so, there's a chance that Peyton has a buddy who says like, hey, "I'm all in on the investment part, but I don't want anything to do with the football part." To have a buddy though that has two billion dollars, those yeah. aren't just around. No, but when he's, you're Peyton Manning, you can be buddies with anyone. Well, so he swims in some deep waters. I mean, yeah. that he's. I mean. There are billionaires around Augusta National where yeah, oh shit. Peyton oh, yeah. is a men is a member. He, you know, he is he's pretty well connected. But it would be but those types of billionaires, I don't. It, it's hard for them to say, yeah, oh, I'll let you. I just could, be, I could see that. I mean, so the, yeah. So I, then I, my my question is, when talking about these groups, yeah. uh, it doesn't have to involve a billionaire. Is there a limit to how many people can be involved? Because what what if it mm -hmm. is ten people? I think we that could create a pretty good GoFundMe if you can have unlimited people. Yeah. So, so no, but what I'm saying is, can it can it be 10 people, each with $400 million, and then it's not a billionaire that's investing two, $2 billion, turning it over to Peyton, it's, it's 10 people coming together and, and then saying, well, yeah, I'm Joe Schmo, you're Peyton Manning, of course you're going to lead this group. It's technically possible, but the league does not mm -hmm. favor that. As far as people buying a team, the league would prefer that at least one person have 50% plus one. Well, and so isn't that why right. they why the league just doesn't favor ownership groups anyways? And and maybe yeah. we're maybe this pod isn't going to mean anything yeah. in a couple of in a couple of months when when Jeff Bezos or Anschutz comes in and just says, uh, here's five billion dollars and according to the mm. trust, they gotta take mm. the highest offer. They accept that they're pro that the cost of franchises has reached a point to where there is such a limited pool of people who could put up four, four and a half billion dollars that there could be multiple investors, but they do want to have one person who is putting up more than half of the money. Which and is not, and not get to a point where it's like thirty investors. That's something where it's getting out of control. They want it to be reasonably limited in part, Zach, to avoid the kind of things that that you know we saw with the team passing to the Bowen heirs, the kind of complications we've even seen in places like New York and Pittsburgh, which are family-owned franchises. In the case of the Giants, there are two families, the Maras and the Tishes involved, and now you're getting toward more people being in, involved with that and the pie being divided in more different ways, which is complicating some things long-term. Well, and so I think this kind of boils down to a, an interesting decision by the trust. Are they allowed to say, we think it's in the best interest of the Broncos to choose Peyton Manning's group? Or do they have to say, we have to go with the highest bidder? Because then it's not just down to Peyton Manning and John Elway, or really Peyton Manning being the front runner. It truly just comes down to, you hope Peyton Manning surrounded himself with the deepest pockets. Because right. as we've said, Peyton is very limited 
and how much he can invest. The amount of money he has is mind blowing to us, but in this conversation, it's it's ten percent. My grandma gave me a hundred bucks for Christmas. I'll I'll pitch it in. There you go. Mike wow. says you can't do that. No. <laughs> I wish you could look. I wish there was a way to have a Packers ownership structure. Well, what if where we... the pu- where the public collectively own the team? Enough enough people putting up like a thousand bucks each. But what if I wish that could happen? But the NFL will not approve that. What if we could create a GoFundMe that was help Peyton Manning buy the Broncos? And so everyone pools their money together and sends it to Peyton Manning. And Peyton Manning now increases his net worth to is help it, uh, the Broncos. Is that really four, the right thing? Like, in, <laughs> to like, get to $4 billion, so many, dollars, yeah. how there's much would ever There are so much many needy ways. causes out there that I'm like, I mean, he's already worth, the, the Mannings are already worth a heck of a lot of money here. I, I think they would be, I actually think they would be embarrassed by mm. that and they wouldn't, do, and they would turn it down. Well, what would happen because is. Because it'd be a bad look. It would be really cool because we could probably raise like a million dollars on this thing. And then Peyton yeah. would just be like, I'm donating this to charity. Or like, right. or we raise a million dollars and we donate it to victims of the fires in Boulder County. Exactly. We, we yes. already... Again, there are more important things to do than that. There are certainly. But I just want to know <laughs> if we could if we wanted to. Um, real quick, before we move on, Zach, you made the case for the 7% who want John Elway. Mace, would you want to... Are you interested in making the case for the 5% who want neither? I think Zach kind of put it well. I mean, it's people who want the richest person possible the most resource heavy person possible that want a jeff bezos that want you know one of these groups that's uh, like the abu dhabi group that bought manchester city to that just they're made of money to just come in buy the team and throw every last dollar pound euro what yen Yen. at yen (laughs) at this at this team to to build up the resources I mean, there's only so much you can do because obviously you have a salary cap, but to build up everything around it, build a, build a build a stadium with a with a retractable roof, so you can have the Super Bowl here and build Bronco Land out out toward DIA. Just that's a, that's the sort of thing you be, you're talking about. I mean, those people aren't those people aren't wrong. Yeah. What, have, what have we no, said? No. Have, haven't we said that for the past couple of years is, uh, you know, you <clears throat> want the person that has the deep pockets that can just say, oh, you need this? Okay, here you go. And I'm still making, I still personally want Peyton Manning here. And the reason for that mm-hmm. is he's not just going to barely have enough money to buy the team. And he's not just going to surround himself with people that barely have enough money. If he buys the team, he's going to do it with the right people that are going to say, Peyton, whatever you want, we're going to have the resources. Right. And if he goes, you know, to this person and says, Hey, uh, you know, I need an extra 10 million or whatever to sign Calais Campbell. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just thinking of a random guy that the Broncos lost out on recently. 42 year old Calais Campbell at this time. You know, I need this money to sign whoever. If they say no, you're not going to like what Peyton... You're not going to say no. That's exactly, it. <laughs> exactly. So they're going to just say... Peyton's going to have a yes man with a checkbook. Cash in yeah. escrow is not going to be an issue. Yes. No. In all we won't. Oh, there we go. Mike Trout throwing in a dollar ninety nine. Hey, Let's go, Mike buddy. Trout. <laughs> Let's go. Maybe that's what we should do. All super chat money should go to the uh, the Manning help ownership Pey- fund. Help Peyton Manning buy the team fund. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll title it "Pay It Forward," but P E Y. Very good. Yes. <laughs> we're we're already on the right track. We're gonna make this happen, Peyton. Don't you worry. Um, all right. Uh, we could also maybe donate some percentage of sales from the DNVR bar. Uh, to the to the pay it forward cause, um, 
and hopefully you'll come down and help us do that because there's great food down here, great drinks, uh, great atmosphere, great place to watch a game amongst friends. Uh, it's it's Wednesday. Feels like Thursday to me. It, it feels like Friday to me. Okay. Well, yeah, we're on a Friday. We're on Friday reads. Oh, on that's, that's because we, we technically started. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, our week started on Saturday. That's the thing because Sunday because the game happened a day earlier. We're and all we haven't off stopped right since. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I guess it kind of is Friday for me. Yeah. I'm I'm going to a uh, going to Big Drive Spence's bachelor hey. party starting tomorrow. Mace, you want to so. make this our Friday too? Sure, but there might be one or two tomorrow, things right? to talk about. <laughs> we'll be uh, back tomorrow. Don't worry. Yeah, we got coaching candidates to talk about. We're putting yeah. the coach stuff on hiatus today. Anyways, I won't no, be. No, we're the, getting right into it. Yeah. I won't be at the bar this weekend, but most weekends I'm down here. Um, so some some of you guys are gonna have to come fill in for me this weekend. Come hang out at the bar, watch the playoff games, watch the Abs, watch the Nuggets. Uh, have a great time. Be surrounded by other great Denver sports fans. Never have to worry about asking for the sound to be on. Um, all that you know, garbage that you have to do when you go to other places, uh, worrying that if you cheer after an Avs goal, you're going to get dirty looks. But this isn't that type of place. Um, so come on down, hang out, be around people like you. Now, if you cheer after a Predator's goal, though. A, a fraudulent Predator's goal. <laughs> and uh, speaking of paying it forward, our friends over at Sexy Pizza are paying it forward in multiple ways. Of course, they have their philanthro pies, which gives back to the community. But Great name, by today, the way. They are paying it forward to their customers, to you guys. If you use the code SEXYDNVR on their website, you'll get 20% off. This is the last day to use this code to get 20% off Sexy Pizza. No better way to celebrate Friday or Wednesday today than with Sexy Pizza. And use that code SEXYDNVR to get the best pizza out there. And, of course, Mace talks about their salads being fantastic, too. So Mm -hmm. get a well-rounded meal. Get some pizza. Get some carbs. Get some greens. Get some delicious salad. Smash that code sexy pizza. I can't say enough about that Italian salad that I had two nights ago, guys. And it was tremendous. I love a good Italian salad. It's more lunchtime today, and it makes sense why I'm hungry now. Yeah, I actually got a nice breakfast today. It was was delicious. Yes, I had two poached eggs, so it was a breakfast. I have a microwave egg poacher. Okay, you're not not asking. 75 seconds (laughs) perfectly, though. I don't even care that this place doesn't sponsor us. They're just so good that I'll just give them a shout out. Um, <laughs> I already knew I was going to be breaking. I've been really good on my diet, yeah. um, but I already knew there's no way I'm upholding that during a bachelor party. No. Um, yeah. So I broke it this morning. Good old Pete's Kitchen down the street. Oh, yeah. Uh, breakfast burrito smothered mm. in green chili. <laughs> Colorado, 10 10. Colorado Institution. Yes. Pete's Kitchen. Another thing that's hoping to be a Colorado Institution is the American Raptors. Of course, that's your Colorado rugby team that is rebranded, but this rebrand is here to stay. The American Raptors are composed of crossover athletes who ended their first season at 5-5. Five and five. These are former athletes from other sports who are now taking on the challenge of rugby, taking their athleticism that they've displayed in other sports and putting it toward the game of rugby because we want to see the U.S. national team be more successful on a global level, get some better athletes in this country to play rugby. That's what the American Raptors are doing. These athletes come from backgrounds in football, basketball, baseball, wrestling, soccer, track and field. They possess all the necessary skills to excel at the great game of rugby. And you can watch these guys grow and watch them play and watch them play for free. That's right, free. Head on over to AmericanRaptors.com and grab your free ticket for the upcoming season. If you can't watch in person, you can also watch for free on their website, AmericanRaptors.com. And if you miss watching him live or watching the stream no problem our guy colton strickler has it all covered at dnvr rugby he's got the weekly dnvr rugby podcast 
He's got those Rugby 101 podcasts so you can learn about the sport of rugby. It's a lot of fun. So check out all that out. Check out the American Raptors at AmericanRaptors.com and DNVR Rugby on Twitter and, of course, here at the DNVR.com. Okay, so quickly, I have a question for you guys. Is being a owner of a successful sports team the only way to be a billionaire and not be hated by most people? Um, well, no, because if you're successful, then the rest of the country is going to hate you outside of the town. That's you're in. true. Yeah. That's true. But you're yeah. going to be beloved by many, which I feel like you will most billionaires can't say. Uh, that's true. It's very true. <laughs> Depends how philanthropic you are. Like if you're a billionaire, there's no amount. And you're like, you're, you're giving away hundreds of millions of dollars. No one cares. To, to they hospital. just say like, more. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like if true. the bowl, like if the team got sold and the bowling children turned around and gave like. 50% of what was left after taxes right. to establish the uh, Bolin Center for Alzheimer's Research at some university somewhere. Yeah. They'd be beloved. They'd get a solid golf clap. I, I saw, yeah. I mean, oh, two, they should get more two, than that if they do that. They should. But to, <laughs> to your point, the Broncos donated, I think last week, they donated $250,000 to uh, the. Uh, to the Boulder fires. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had a lot of people pointing out to me. Well, also, it was publicly released uh, as a way of saying, like, like Mike Kliss put it out, saying, quietly, the Broncos donated this money. And people were like, well, now it's not quiet anymore. So they got bashed for that. Uh, and then on top of that, they a lot of people said to a person that makes, like, $50,000, they no, they donated, like, $6. Yeah. Is what it was That's what I'm telling to. you. There's there's no amount of <laughs> right. money you can right. donate that people will say, Unless like, it is, like, what Mace said. It, if it's yeah. 50%. Well, and then I guess people will say they still have $500 million. Why didn't they donate more? Something like that. Right. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> that's a conversation for another day. Okay. You want to at least set up your grandkids to where they can do whatever they want. As, as was said in the movie, The Descendants, give them give just enough to do something, but not enough to do nothing. That's a good. That's a good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good way of thinking of it. All the bowling kids are gonna have enough money to, to do nothing. They've already <laughs> had enough money to do yeah. nothing. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's jump into a, a coaching update, which to me is like ten times more exciting, um, because I I have a feeling that it's gonna end up being neither uh, that ends up winning this mm -hmm. this bidding, and then it's just gonna be some guy, and it's not gonna be as exciting as like the head coach of the Denver Broncos. They have a chance to nail this. And bring back exciting football. And obviously the owner can help. But this to me, I don't know. I, I, I like talking about football, not billions. Of course. And, and we, we had someone that reached out to us on Twitter and said, why haven't you guys talked about the right of first refusal? It was our friend Hampus. And the reason is because we did multiple polls throughout the years. And like 3% of people and wanted had us to talk about, about it. 3% three, three of people wanted us to talk about ownership updates until there was really something. So we yeah. waited for today, and there, there we And go. we had talked about the right of first refusal just mm. as, as in the news. You know, like yeah. a lot of times to start the second segment, we'll just hit the news. That's right. one of the things. We moved past. Um, anyways, football, coaching. A little bit of an update to the candidate list here, Zach. You want to share that with us? Yes, Brian Callahan has been added to the list. I believe he was my dark horse when we first started this on Monday, uh, and I really like him. Should we uh, give a three-minute and 30-second little deep dive into him? Oh, do we have a timer ready? Let's go. All right, let's Here get it rolling. Go. I think it's your turn. It's, it's my turn. Brian Callahan, <sighs> of course. You can't have a, a Denver Broncos coaching search without having some past connections to the NFL. Of course, his dad, Bill Callahan, former Raiders head coach. Mm. Uh, Ryan's kind of rolling his eyes. And exactly. I mean, you, you can't have the NFL. Nebraska, Nebraska head coach, too. Uh, yes, exactly. But they hate him there. 
now because he yeah. was unsuccessful. Yeah, I guess that makes me like him a little more. So he has plenty of ties. Brian has plenty of ties to the NFL. Grew up in the NFL, uh, kind of like a Kyle Shanahan with mm-hmm. Mike Shanahan and Brian Callahan, another young offensive mind, just like Kyle Shanahan, 37 years old right now. He is the offensive coordinator of the Cincinnati Bengals. He joined the Bengals when Zach Taylor went over to Cincinnati. And, of course, they had a very tough year that first year. They got Joe Burrow, a number one overall pick, helped develop him. Now they're in the playoffs. They're one of the most exciting offenses in the NFL scheme, but also they have players as well. There's no doubt about that. And Brian Callahan, he's been in the NFL for 12 years. Six of those have been with the Denver Broncos. He was around Mm. for uh, the McDaniels era. Yikes. He stayed around, which I think says something about him, for Mm -hmm. the Tim Tebow era and John Fox. Then he stayed around for the Peyton Manning era, and his last year with the Broncos was winning Super Bowl 50. So he was with them. So maybe he's the key to the Broncos. Why haven't he left? The Broncos left. Forget about Peyton Manning. So Brian Callahan, 37 years old, young offensive mind, been around tons Mm -hmm. of young offensive minds with Joe Burrow, Zach Taylor, uh, and he is a hot, hot young offensive candidate. So how how old has he even got into the NFL? Uh, 25. Yeah, he was young. Goodness. Yeah. Well, it helps when your dad has been in the NFL. I was like 25-year-old. Yeah, wow, that's that, impressive. Look, I mean, that's the whole nepotism thing, right? Twelve years. He has twelve years of service in the NFL. Yeah, at the eight. Yeah. So the other thing I thought also is really interesting about him is after he left the Broncos, he'd been with them for six years. He'd been a quality control coach, offensive assistant. His first job as a position coach was coaching quarterbacks in Detroit. Jim Jim Caldwell hired him for that job, and we mm-hmm. all know the connective tissue between Brian Callahan as an offensive assistant when Peyton Manning was here, and Jim Caldwell. so I find this to be very fascinating. I do, too. And I think if Brian Callahan is the hire, first of all, it would not at all surprise me if he tried, if he actually brought in Caldwell as his assistant head coach. Mm-hmm. Slash Some, offensive coordinator. Right. Somebody, you know, who's, who's been a head coach twice, older, show him the ropes, kind of offer some, some guidance and all that, but... When every everything happened kind of with the news breaking yesterday, mm-hmm. the Callahan interview, Peyton Manning involved in a group potentially trying to buy the Broncos, that all came down within a couple of hours. And so we start kind of doing the Charlie Day thing and kind of putting all the threads yeah. together and all that. It's like, hmm, that's interesting. This is the sort of arrangement that a certain Peyton Manning might approve and, of. And don't let yourself believe at all that Peyton Manning can't make a phone call uh, and get Payton. someone in an interview. Mm, so are we done with the cat with, with uh, Callahan talk? Well, yeah, I just think it's yeah. important. I think all of that bing, 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 not coincidental. Um, that is very bad. Then, if if that's the case, I hate it because if that's the case, then well, it, it's going against. And, and this is a start of another conversation. This, <laughs> this is going against. Well, no, no, this, I like this, it. I yeah, like it. More, I'll allow it. This is more ownership. It sounds uh, good to me. And, and that's why I said we're done with that conversation. Uh, the if if they're just going to give the team to Peyton Manning. Do it now. Joe Ellis, come out right now and say the team's up for sale tomorrow. Say we've decided that it's going to be sold for but Peyton they Manning. They do can't that. do that, though, based on what we were talking about earlier with we're pretty the highest sure, bidder. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that the it has to be the highest bidder. Well, then then, then that's that's what I'm saying then. Then, it doesn't, then. then you shouldn't care what Peyton Manning has to think here. 
I, if Peyton Manning came here right now and gave me an advice on how to do this podcast, I would take sure, it. Sure, sure. That, so sure. you always mm-hmm. listen to Peyton Manning. Of course, but I don't think they're crafting this for Peyton Manning right now. Now, could could his input help because he's just a great person? Absolutely. Um, but the other thing with it is if you're going to have Peyton Manning control this, let him be in the meetings. Push this head coaching search mm-hmm. off for a month. I don't think you can do that either you with, could. The, with you the ownership could. thing you up could. in the air. What's weird is I was told um, a couple years ago that John Elway would have a hard time becoming owner. And maybe it's because he's just going to be a minority owner. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Um, but you had to have like three years outside of an NFL team or right. something. Mm-hmm. So maybe that doesn't apply to just investors. Yeah, right. it's weird because like you, you can't like have be working for a team actively. Now, there's nothing from that <laughs> no, prevents you from that. being. Yeah, there's nothing that prevents you from being part of an ownership group. And then immediately joining the team. Like, no, but the other but, way around. Like, the other way around, they're real kind of squirrely. But about John it. always still has a title in an office at at the building. Yeah. So, interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. If Peyton Manning calls and says, hey, look, if I were the owner, I would really strongly consider Brian Callahan as my head coach. If I'm the Broncos, I'm saying, yeah, we'll give that guy an interview. Oh, of course, you give him an interview. Yes. At, at, absolutely. And also, though, th- this is a guy that deserves to have an interview. If you're looking mm-hmm. at Kevin O'Connell, if you're looking at Kellen Moore, he is a guy that fits that list as well. One more thing I want to ask you guys. Does John Elway get credit for George Payton? Yeah. In his legacy? Yeah, I think so. Yes. Because okay. mm-hmm. a lot of... think so? No, I think he does too, but, uh, you know... The the I, I was joking this morning. I'm glad that people are fighting about Manning and Elway in my mentions now instead of Locke and Bridgewater. Oh, um, that's for sure. A much higher caliber of uh, argument. <laughs> um, but a lot of the the John Elway naysayers are being like are essentially using Peyton's success against John Elway. And I'm like I I think he gets credit for choose helping choose George Payton. Not all of it, but probably the lion's share of it. Believe it or not, Vic Fangio probably gets. Yeah. A little bit of credit too. That's the weirdest thing. I was ever. gonna say. Yes. I'd rather have uh, Vic Fangio John hired Elway. the guy that that fired yeah. him just a year later. Yeah. I'd rather have John Elway get the credit than Vic. We should. Yeah, I mean exactly. But or, Vic, how like that is weird. Uh, that was a weird setup from the start, and I knew this is exactly where we mm-hmm. would be at one point. Yep. I mean, coaches are hired to be fired, but very rarely are they fired by person a person they helped hire. So soon. That too. is that you think. Do you think about, Fangio played that card in the meetings this week? With George Payton being like, dude, I was the one polling for you in those meetings. <laughs> if, if it weren't for me, you'd be up in Minnesota about to get fired right now with the yeah. rest of those guys. Yeah, <laughs> you <laughs> rescued him. I, I feel like I would. I, I would have played that card if I was Vic. Boy, George got out at just the right time of Minnesota. He sure did. I mean, he probably would have had a landing spot. Of course. I don't think he goes from fired assistant general manager to general manager, though. That would have been uh, a impressive upward fall. Yeah. Right. It, John Elway had an impressive upward <laughs> yeah, fall, he too. Sure did. I mean, Minnesota, I don't like to grade drafts early. The Broncos draft looks great. Let's see where it is in a couple of years. Minnesota's draft, first returns last year were awful. Mm. And that was a draft without George Payton. So maybe, do you do you remember CU hiring Dan Hawkins? <laughs> Couldn't right. forget it. Yes. <laughs> The problem was Chris Peterson was the brains yep. behind the operation, right? Yep. And uh, from people I've talked to who were actually at Boise during that time, yes, you could ask anyone and they would have told you that. Yep. So good job, Mike. So Bones. maybe George Payton was the brains behind what the Vikings were doing well yep. all that time. 
And and that's a, a lot of people insinuated that during the Broncos GM search last year. Um, saying like, man, this guy is adored in NFL circles because they think that he's a, you know a, a genius when it comes to a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, and and that that's why he was such a hot candidate for so mm-hmm. many years. Yeah, and he feels like a guy who's really well liked in the building. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see who who he wants to go get as head coach. Any other uh, head coaching updates that we need to hit on here? Yeah, we find it. Well, Mace, do you have something? We'll have well, we'll have an interview tomorrow for the fir- the first interview. It's going to be Aaron Glenn in Detroit and. Uh, Going to write a little bit more about him later on on the ddmvr.com. This is somebody whose his resume, at least in terms of the on-field performance in his own years coordinator, doesn't really scream a lot. But this is sort of the – I know we've brought the name Mike Vrabel in regard to Gerard Mayo. I think you can say the same thing with, with Aaron Glenn here because Vrabel only had one year as coordinator in, in Houston and was awful. The defense was awful. But you're focusing on – the leadership, you're focusing on even the playing background as well, the ability to communicate with and relate to the guys in the locker room that can be an advantage of being an ex-player, becoming a co- becoming a coach. Of course, he was in New Orleans, went around Sean Payton and his staff, followed Dan Campbell to Detroit. And I think one thing that's interesting, guys, I don't want to put too much on public sentiment, but it is interesting how when news broke, that the Broncos were going to interview Jonathan Gannon from Philadelphia. A lot of Eagles fans were like, okay, hey, fine, you know, whatever. Take him. Take him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Detroit fans do not want to lose Aaron Glenn. I wonder, like, I'd like to hear from them why. Because a lot of the the um, nice things that we're saying about Aaron Glenn are things that fans wouldn't necessarily be able to see unless the players were just gushing about him yeah. this year. Well, and on top of that, I mean, how do you think Detroit fans feel about Dan Campbell? I think they freaking love, love him. him. And yeah. so I think that there is a trickle-down effect there. And he probably has some characteristics of Dan Campbell in terms of being a very likable guy, fiery guy. And you take a step back and you say, wait, wait, wait. Fans shouldn't like Dan Campbell. Look how bad their team was this year. But they, they, they do like him. So I think I think there's something to that as well. Mm. The the difference between the Vrabel and Mayo and and uh, Glenn here is no no connection to the Patriots. For uh, for Aaron Glenn didn't play with them ever. Never coached with them, hmm. and I'm not saying that in a bad way. Uh, I I think a lot of Broncos fans would say, "Oh, finally, not a Patriots assistant we're looking at." He's more of a Sean Payton guy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Really? Yep. He played one year yeah. with New Orleans, his final year, and that was probably a reason that he came back there. Yeah. He, he had a 15 year playing career after being a first round draft pick as a defensive back, and then his entire career has been as an assistant defensive backs coach, then a defensive backs coach, now defensive coordinator this past year. And one thing that's really interesting is as long as Sean Payton has been there, we haven't seen a, a tree of Sean Payton yet. Mm. Like Dennis Allen went to the Raiders, and that was a really bad situation, and kind of thought he would be on some search radars this yeah. year, especially after the way the Saints' defense nearly carried that team to the playoffs, but it didn't happen. But we, we really don't know enough about the Sean Payton tree at this point to judge whether he's going to be successful or not based on his background. Yeah, it's really interesting. And uh, Dan Campbell, it's a year in. We don't know yet on Dan Campbell. Joe Judge uh, goes down, so there's another, you know, another one bites the dust there. I mean, Vrabel's the most successful one, and he never actually was an assistant under Belichick. He played for him, but he was an assistant under Urban Meyer and then Bill O'Brien. So he's kind of an inter- he is a branch of a branch. The Joe Judge thing, I feel like, um, just reminds me that 
We need to stop thinking that uh, being an asshole is a good characteristic of a head coach. Yeah, there there are there are head coaches that can be that and work, but that's not something that you should look at and be like, ah, oh, this guy's a no nonsense guy. Like these are professionals that they're coaching. They don't need to be yelled at twenty four seven by some hardo. Connecting two things you guys just said, I cannot believe that Bill O'Brien is the favorite to become the next Jaguars head coach. You go from a guy <laughs> that ruined a locker room with, with his personality and Urban Meyer to a guy that has a proven track record of doing that and his players and hate just him. Dismantling good teams. That blows me away. I think Bill O'Brien is a really good coach when it comes down to scheme, when it mm-hmm. comes down to play calling. Uh, that should probably stay under Nick Saban, who's going to control the rest of him. Uh, if I'm Trevor Lawrence, mm-hmm. I'm demanding a trade if this happens because what a nightmare scenario for him. If I'm Trevor Lawrence, I want them to hire Nathaniel Hackett. I was just going to yeah. say he, that. He actually perfect fit. makes so much sense there right down to the fact that a previous administration fired him. Clearly, the fact they're bringing in Hackett, I think the first thing that's going to be set up from an ownership level is, you know, we're, so, we're sorry we screwed up. We well, shouldn't have let you go. You know, uh, Hackett kind of reminds me of Dan Campbell in a way of like he can he can walk in there and change the vibes, for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. Like that's what these really, really bad teams need. Someone to come in there, bring positive energy, bring excitement. You know, I watched that video um, that Nikki posted of Hackett. Mm -hmm. It's a little much for me. A little cheesy, a little let, che- let, like Dan Campbell biting the kneecaps off. Exactly. But did you but smile think- watching it? That's. The- <laughs> I mean, it's cheesy, but it made you feel good watching it. Right, and that's why like, I, I think, could listen like, to this guy every day. I, that's why I think yeah. like the Jags that just have a dark yeah. cloud hanging over them. That kind of over the top positivity could actually make a big difference down mm-hmm. there. Whereas in Denver, I. I think we just need a football coach. <laughs> you know what? The thing is, like, sometimes that's what an organization needs. And eventually it can wear, it can wear a little thin. You know, Pete Carroll is an example of somebody who's just uber positive, right? And he went to Seattle coming off of a year, a disastrous year under Jim Mora the Younger, which, I mean, that was a place just like Jacksonville. They just need someone to part the clouds a little bit. And Pete Carroll, even though it could be a little bit over-enthusiastic, Guys appreciated where he was coming from, where that enthusiasm was. And even before they got Russell Wilson and put together the Legion of Boom, the culture had all, was already changing because of that. That's the kind of thing that Jacksonville really needs right now. So are you guys saying that you guys I'm wearing on you? All, all the uh, the upbeatness? <laughs> no, am, I, no. am I picking up a hint here? No, no I can handle it from you. Um, <laughs> it's the, to me, it's just like... I, I like I think that really worked for the Lions with Dan Campbell. It's a different style, mm-hmm. but it is that like over the top yeah. mm-hmm. um personality. And there's a lot of guys like that. It's good and to it, get attention immediately, I think, too. Now, eventually yep. I think uh, something that allows you to succeed is you got to after a while kind of scale it back and settle in. Yeah. Because you can't go at that gear forever. But as far as right like right away kind of setting a tone, I think they're, you know, I, I think it's great to do that. Like Dan Campbell is not going to be able to do what he did last year forever. No, but it was important to kind of get everybody's att- attention. Exactly, especially after the guy before Matt Patricia was, by every account, a complete jerk. Yep, that's what I mean. Stop thinking that being a jerk is a yes. quality. 
Funny how these, a lot of these guys are Patriots. They are, exactly. Because it's like, oh, but Belichick did this. Well, Belichick went to the playoffs in his second year in New England. Like, yeah. You know, that type of stuff only – it wears thin on people really quick if you aren't nailing your job. I mean, people go to New England. They know their life's going to be miserable. They yeah. know that it's going to be a grind of all grinds, but they go there because they know they're going to win. And all these other situations, they say, wait, wait, wait. My life's going to be miserable. You're going to be an asshole to me, and I don't know if I'm going to win. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. Just count me out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what happened here with McDaniels. I mean, yeah. we've all, the, the video, uh, someone posted the video again this week of when McDaniels was berating our friend Tyler Columbus and the <laughs> offensive lineman on the sidelines that Thanksgiving night. Oh, we're trying to do is win a game. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and then I'll never forget the one the year, next year with – um. With uh, Richard Quinn, first game he's playing in Jacksonville. You know, at what point are you going to learn the bleeping? <laughs> is yes, the National yeah. Football League? Jesus bleeping Christ! I yeah, mean, yeah, 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 exactly. Oh my! It's just it was all. I mean, <clears throat> this it is was like constant. An, this is an old school way of thinking that you know you need to come in and you need to yell at everyone and tell them what you to know. do and all that other stuff. And. In most scenarios, it's just really not going to work anymore. You know what's mm-hmm. funny is this exact same conversation is completely opposite when you're talking about the quarterback position. Now you can't be a 100% asshole, but if you you got you're not you don't have to, but the great ones likely have some of that in them, and, yep. and they they know when to taper off at some time. Sometimes they go over the edge, but when you're great, you you get away with it. Yeah, and there are it's a it's hit or miss with that. It doesn't have to be that way, but. A lot of the greats in all sports, yeah, um, exactly. have a little bit in that in the, uh, of that in them, and that it's it, you know when you have a little bit of that in you, it's part of just wanting to beat the crap out of people. But if you're successful, it's fine. Like exactly, like right. Michael Jordan could get away with that. It's right. Kobe, yeah, you Kobe, know, Peyton, go, Peyton, John Elway, Aaron Rodgers gets can get away with that because he's so freaking good at what he does. Yes, exactly. Um, you know who could probably get away with this is the people down at Green Mountain Dental. They're that good <laughs> at, 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 with your teeth, but they aren't that way. They're the opposite. They're like the nicest people ever over there. They treat you like family, and they'll make sure you've got shiny, pearly white so you don't seem like one of those people. Uh, you seem nice and welcoming and warm. Um, Green Mountain Dental Group, sign up for a cleaning x-ray and exam. They'll hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush so when you leave the place, you can keep your teeth pearly and white hit up our friends over at green mountain dental group a great place to go just 15 minutes outside of denver and they're a denver sports fan down there they'll want to talk ownership or broncos coaching search with you too while you get your work done you guys think 56 to 1 odds sounds pretty good sure does you can get that over at DraftKings sportsbook with pretty much even odds what you do is right now for the playoffs DraftKings is giving you a huge opportunity bet five dollars on any playoff team to win and if they do win a game this weekend you get 256 dollars in free bets wow. in your account right now that's for new customers all you have to do bet five dollars and you'll get 256 dollars if the team you pick to win wins chiefs are pretty big favorites this week that may be a good one there's some other good ones as well to celebrate of course super bowl 56 that's why you're giving they're giving you 56 to 1 odds and for this weekend they also have hammer the over on the Patriots-Bills game. So every time people hammer the over, it goes down. 
it's pretty much guaranteed to, to hit, hit zero. I have already hammered the over. I have as well. Everyone should get in on it as well. So head to the App Store now, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get both of these offers and so many great deals over at DraftKings Sportsbook. And, of course, you must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Your chickens apply. to DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook. For details, gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. So I'm heading to a state this week where gambling or sports betting is not legal. That's tough. <sighs> You putting all the You know bets I'm not a today? planner. <laughs> this this I'm gonna plan. Mm-hmm. Need to you know set down some time to put some money on all these playoff games so that they are more fun for me. Um, so I've I really you know now that I've bounced around a little bit throughout the states I really uh, sympathize with the people who live in states that don't have DraftKings because they're I, like I, watching a, you know Bucks Eagles is like twenty times as good if you even just have like. 10 bucks on the game. Right. I mean, this is a state where you can gamble on sports and you can have marijuana. Sure can. I mean, you get you get to other places and it's just The funny thing is and maybe the worst funny thing is when you go to Las Vegas and you pull up your DraftKings sportsbook app and it's not there you're like what, what? I mean, Sin City right now, everything mm. should be good. The, ca- the go- casino's got <laughs> control over <laughs> yeah, that. They do. It is, I'll say this, it is a little bit more fun to go to the sports book. You just don't get it as good fun. of odds. Right. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, right now, with uh, maybe you don't want to go to the sports books with Omicron going around. So it's like, hey, there you, you know go. what? I want to do this safely and securely Being able to with do my it, app. Being able to do it from your couch is, wow. Yeah. Uh, just and also, you can, you, can do, you can react to how the odds change, like, the thing I like doing during baseball season is making bets on both sides as the odds change in the late innings. Then I can't and guarantee lose. yourself a profit. Yes. That's, mm-hmm. that's how smart people do it. Uh, <laughs> I just, you know, bet on the nuggets or don't, whatever. <laughs> don't get bored going to the bank, as Jerry Burns used to say and Peyton Manning quoted recently. Yep. Never not had fun winning a bet. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's uh, jump into Super Chats first, and then we'll go to the comments section on the website. Just one quick one here uh, from Neil. If Pete Carroll leaves Seattle, would Denver have interest? Isn't he like 100 years old? Yeah. He's the oldest. His... He, is it, he's second oldest coach, right, behind Belichick, or is he the oldest? I think he's the oldest. Yeah. Isn't he in his 70s? Yes. Yeah, I believe and he is. Belichick wow. is 68 or 69. So, yeah, he is the oldest coach in the NFL, which is just crazy. 70 because, years old. Yep, yep exactly. And Belichick is either – Exactly. Wow. Yep. Uh, and you'll just never be able to tell because of the the positivity and the the energy that he brings. My only question is, it seems like something's going to happen in Seattle. Over the weekend, tons of reports coming out that Russ isn't going anywhere. Of course, that can change. But wouldn't we have heard something by now if if uh, Pete was leaving? We we maybe, but we've seen it extend a week or two or even three. I remember. It was, I believe, uh, 11 years ago. Literally, I'm sitting on the plane, leaving the Senior Bowl, and I get the notification that Jeff Fisher was out in Tennessee. Mm. Sometimes, uh, John Gruden, when he got fired by Tampa Bay, it was about a month into the offseason. Wow. So sometimes you start having these conversations. It's kind of a red flag um, on the decision makers for me. Well, part of it is like you're, you're trying to see where we are organizationally going forward and are we on the same page or not? And I think that's actually what's going on in Seattle right now is trying to get everybody on the same page. And it's, it is entirely possible that Pete Carroll may, and, and the Seahawks, everybody there may have come to their senses and said, look, we have this incredibly special and irreplaceable resource. 
a Hall of Fame quarterback, the best quarterback we've ever had, and he should still have several years left in him. Don't we? What is our best path back? Is it by tearing this down, or is it by building around this Hall of Fame quarterback and helping him have that kind of second prime that most that a lot of great quarterbacks have had when they've gotten into their late 30s. We've seen kind of even Aaron Rodgers had a little bit of a dip right there around 2015, remember? Mm-hmm. But then he hit another level. Peyton hit another level in his late 30s. Drew Brees, Tom Brady. The trend lines are there for Russ to hit another level if they can get everything right around him. And if mm. Pete Carroll's staying at 70 years old, I'm sure he does not want to go into a rebuild. And yeah. I don't think he wants to go somewhere else is what I was going to say. Is yeah. it, I think Seattle will be his last stop. Um, he fits there. Like, there are some coaches that just, they're, they're meant to be where they are. Like, Pete Carroll, to me, is meant to be with the Seahawks logo on his chest, with the Air Monarchs that have the lime <laughs> green accents Excellent. on them. Yeah. That's that's him. That's that's. Nothing else seems right for Pete Carroll. I would take it of all the people in terms of, you know, uh, I, I'm often accused of being ageist, and maybe you're right. I would take Pete Carroll. I would take Pete Carroll. If he wanted I, you're to come only here. as young as you feel, and you're only as young as you act. Like Vic Fangio, 63, probably acted even older like than 80. that. Pete Carroll is 70, and he acts 43. 50, yeah. He does. Yeah, he does. I it, mean, that's fine. If I'm Seattle, though, if Pete Carroll's coming back, it is because Russ is coming back. If there's a chance Russ isn't coming back because Pete Carroll's still there, Easy I'm choice. saying, see you, Pete. Uh, we're uh, we're keeping Russ. What's more irreplaceable, the coach or the Hall of Fame quarterback? Hall Every time, the quarterback, yeah, exactly. without a doubt. Right. Howler Bro Surf, should we dive into the comment section? Says, why is there no chatter for Todd Bowles? Is it lack of interest by Denver, or is he comfortable where he is? Pretty exciting day and some interesting names for sure. I want whoever is going to bring us Russell Wilson or develop a young draft pick. I'm all the way out on Aaron Rodgers. Six months <laughs> ago, all in. He's really put a bad taste in my mouth, and I can't mentally separate that from on-field play. I will say there are a lot of people in that camp, though. Yeah, I mean, that's fine, but then don't be saying, like, oh, they should go get Deshaun Watson. Yeah, yeah very fair. There He's, comes a point you have to separate the art from the artist, I think, too. More and, and more, I'm and some people, more and more I feel on, that way. Some people can't, though. Yeah. And depending on what they did, it, it you know it depends on how you should view that. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a big difference between committing crimes and deceiving people. I would have to think people that are out on Aaron have to be out on Deshaun. Most I, people, I would, I would yes. hope so. Yeah. I mean. I'm going to be out on Deshaun before I'm out on Aaron based on what's yeah, out there on Deshaun. Of course, without yeah. a doubt. He goes on and says, The Bears are no envy, but I admire their swings at the quarterback position. They've drafted two top quarterback prospects with real investments. Meanwhile, what have we done? Like Zach says, no real investment at all. You know, Mitchell right. Trubisky's season in 2018 when the Bears went and won the NFC North was better by a lot of metrics than any Broncos quarterback season in that span. The Bears have been to the playoff twi- Matt twice. Matt Nagy, in that coach span. of the year that year. Yeah. Bears Wild. have been a playoff team twice since the Broncos last went to the postseason. Wow. I mean, we, we saw yeah. the graphic last night, and we've known this, but the graphic, Broncos, only the Jets oh. have a longer playoff drought than the Broncos. Well, the last guy to now get him. Now yeah. Super Bowl droughts. Well, make oh, me feel oh yeah, the Jets would definitely <laughs> be way further. But the thing is, who was the guy who, who last got the Jets to – Double-digit wins. Not the playoffs, but double-digit wins. It was Todd Bowles. And, yeah, it is curious that he has not gotten looks. Now, that being said, I hate to say there's an ageist component to this, (laughs) but 
overwhelmingly the candidates you see teams yeah. looking at are younger. Leslie Frazier is an older coach who the Bears are going to interview, but Leslie Frazier is also a former Chicago Bear, played for Mike Dick and Buddy Ryan back in the 1980s. So that's that's a little bit more. that The interview of him is, let's bring our native son in for an interview. Think about this with Sean McVay. I don't know how old he is now. Wasn't he 32 when he got that job? Oh, He's probably yes. like 37 now. Yeah. If all goes well, and it's rare in the NFL for this to happen, but he could be the coach of the Los Angeles Rams for, what would it be? 40 years. Yeah, 30, mm-hmm. 38 years to be, to, mm-hmm. until he was the age of Pete Carroll. Yeah, that, that is, that's absolutely insane. And the Broncos are looking at a youth movement right now. Yes. The average age of coaches last year was 50 years old. It had coaches in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Six of their 10 coaches are in their 30s right now. Only yeah. two are older than the average age of 50. Dan Quinn beats it by half a year. He's 51. And Eric Bieniemy, crazy enough, 52 years old. The average age of the Broncos coaching search right now, mm-hmm. 40. Yeah. I would bet a lot of money, though, that Sean McVay isn't coaching 40 years. I don't think like, he would I think I think Sean McVay in his mid-40s is becoming the best bro- is the best broadcaster wow. on the air in the NFL. He's, I don't know. He's such a junkie when it comes to football. I was but, say- but I could see him, like, do, I could see him totally – going the John Madden route. There was, like, Madden was a really young coach and was really successful, and by the time he was 42 years old, he was done. Like, that was it. There's, it is such a grind. It is. That you can understand why burnout is a thing doing that job. I don't know how people do it, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I don't know how Belichick's done it for so long. I don't know how you do more than one year, let alone decades. Yeah. 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 Uh, Really quick, though, on that, the only reason I would say I think he stays a coach forever is there was a quote, I think it was last year or something, on their bye week. Uh, For some reason, there was football on Saturday and Sunday. Maybe it was Mm -hmm. college and pros. And his wife said, okay, what do you want to do this weekend? And he said, oh, I'm I'm watching football all weekend. And she said, this is your one weekend off to get away, to be with me. He's like, yeah, you can can come hang out with me, but we're going to be watching football all weekend. You can love the game, though, and and still be – I mean, John John Madden is a great example, and we're all thinking about him right now because he passed away, and, of course, there was that brilliant – have you guys seen the documentary? I have not, but I've heard great things. It's terrific. It's worth your time. But – like he, you know, he he loved football and was a foot and literally to the day he died, was a football lifer. He was still like he yep. would still go to his office complex on Sundays and go watch all the games with the people around him. Some of them who were involved with the Madden video game, etc. So cool. He was still advising the competition committee. He and, and health and safety committee. He was still doing all of these things, but you can tire of the grind of one part of football and still love football, and that's why kind of looking at the human side of Sean McVay, it wouldn't surprise me if he gets his coach. He does, he's a successful coach now, but he is involved in another aspect of the game. Maybe Sean McVay becomes a team president at some point. Maybe yeah, he I oversees mean, I can, an entire operation. He's I, so in the X's his, and O's, though. His, his, his dad was a, was a great general manager. Yeah, for and sure. I could see I could see McVay doing the same thing. Either way, it's just crazy to think. You know, some of these Broncos candidates, uh, multiple of them are younger then who the Rams just signed? Eric Weddle just signed on <laughs> with the Rams to go play in this in the stretch run for them. That's awesome. The Broncos have multiple candidates younger than that on this list. Yep, and I love it. I love that they're looking that direction. Next one coming in from Jock says, "Great pod today, fellas. Love the camera cuts on the live show. Shout out to Super Producer Kale. Rather than a static camera the whole time, small changes that make a big impact. You guys are pushing the right buttons over at DNVR. Cheers, boys." 
Thank Kale's so the much, only Jeff. one who actually presses buttons. It's true. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> Omaha says, hey, guys, I wanted to hear your thoughts on a non-coaching-related topic for the Broncos. Who do you think will be back at the inside linebacker position? I ask because the only player currently under contract there that I could see starting next year is Baron Browning. But there are obviously multiple guys who came in and contributed at that position throughout the season. I personally thought Kenny Young and Browning made a great tandem and steadied the run game after the, Bron- after the Browns debacle, but would also be cool if they brought back Josie Jewell. Is it safe to say Alexander Johnson is gone and are there no better options available around the ninth pick how would you guys feel about drafting Dean from Georgia it's he's a crazy playmaker and his 4.0 GPA this past year thanks fellas you know I love that 4.0 GPA yeah you you guys probably both had a 4.0 GPA in your life not me fitting for Um, a guy named Dean (laughs) yes oh nice very nice very good very good um I you know it's too early to talk about this because we have no Mm -hmm. idea who the coach is yeah. And I was thinking as we were reading, I'm like, this doesn't seem like it's very on point. And I was like, yeah, how could we even know? Like, Dan Quinn runs a 4-3. Or at least that's his his background is a 4-3. Mm-hmm. No one runs anything, you know, um, right. the same all the time now. But all of that stuff is going to make a difference based on the personnel that's going to be here. So, you know, I agree with the point about Kenny Young. I really like Kenny Young. Mm-hmm. I agree with the point about Baron Browning. I really like Baron Browning. I also really like Jonas Griffith. Like, you go down the line here, Josie Jewell is having a career year. Alexander Johnson was playing well. So, who knows? We kind of saw in last Saturday that Griffith has some things to work on. Like, of that, course. That was a rough game for him. And I think when, when you kind of look at, okay, what direction do they go <clears> in? <throat> Let's assume that, who, that it could be Dan Quinn or anybody decides that going to keep a fair amount of the of the current coaches, maybe tweak a couple of things schematically, but keeps the coaches like coaches. I if and let's say they keep three four looks. If they go three four, I would not be surprised if even though he's a Vic guy, the guy they resign is Josie Jewell. I mean, Jew, he, Jewell and Browning become the pair with Jonas Griffith as the top backup. It makes sense. It definitely makes sense. We'll see what they end up doing uh, on that side of the ball. By the way. Um, we saw, I think, Dan Quinn open at like plus three hundred or something, mm-hmm. all the way to minus one ten in some places now. So as it should be. Yes. Wow. It should be. Which Just... is interesting because you know there's a lot of buzz about Nathaniel Hackett, but we also start have to start wondering if maybe Quinn becomes the favorite because Hackett becomes a favorite somewhere else. Somewhere else. Because he's interviewing with Chicago as well. And that's another place where with a young quarterback, quarterback, he would make sense. Yep, exactly. Speaking of Dan, Dan Burke chimes in and says, Hey, guys, so what happened with Doug Peterson? Media in Denver were pretty convinced that he'd at least get an interview. Mike Kliss had him number one on his coaching list. Woody Page straight up said he'd get an interview. And then today we hear he's expected to be interviewed by Jason – or today we we heard by Jason Lockefore he's expected to get an interview. But then that gets shot down pretty quickly by Kliss. Any insight onto what happened there? Honestly, I'd – I think they're just looking for different types of coaches right now. I'm convinced yeah. there's history. Oh, yeah. there has to be. Something like th- there's some intel that they have that maybe, uh, and maybe, for example, Jonathan Gannon, who worked with George Payton in Minnesota, mm. maybe Gannon has shared some things about what had to be cleaned up when he and Nick Sirianni got to Philadelphia. I, you know, just to be a fly on the wall in the conversations that go on around the, the NFL, mm-hmm. you know. Obviously, when you talk to sources, you get a little slice of it. Mm-hmm. But, like, the high-level conversations that are happening between George Payton and Jonathan Gannon, like, I just want to hear that stuff. It's, it's so fascinating. It's It would make for a 50 out of 10 uh, 
reality show if you could follow this stuff. <laughs> it certainly would. Jazzy Bronco says, thanks, guys, for awesome coverage this season. Wish we had more to cover playoff-wise, but will be a huge offseason for us and look forward to awesome coverage of that as the DNVR fam sticks together. You know we'll be here. My question for the day is the NFL looked at modifying the way the draft order is set. The current system is not great for fans. I've watched the last two games wanting to win and wanting to lose. It's kind of weird. I think a more sensible way to do it, although it would not have benefited us this year, would be to lock in the records after the te- all teams completed buys, then follow the same system, pull out the playoff teams, and stack by records that we that were locked with three to four games to go. Losses don't improve your pick, and wins down the stretch don't hurt. In fact, the opposite happens because ties are broken by winning percentage. Thoughts? I think this would make tanking easier, actually, um, because you'd only really have to do it for, you know, eight games. And then well, you could be good? Well, 12, like 12 or 13, because remember the buys went late this year? Oh, okay. Because saying until everyone has completed their buys, and you still had buys kicking into December this year. Okay. So So it's it's... It waits until every every buy, every buy has been completed, and so basically you're probably waiting until after week th- at week thirteen. You kind of freeze in this freeze world. Up. Wouldn't you just make everyone have a universal week nine buy where you just take a little break in the middle of the season? It's like an all star break. Oh, that'd probably be the most fair. It'd be the most fair, but TV networks would never go for that. They but the, no, this would, this dream scenario would never happen in any scenario. Instead of having a top the ninth overall pick, the Broncos would have the thirteenth overall pick. That would suck. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I personally don't like it because then you're going to see some teams, some really bad teams, mm. that probably get screwed. And then let's say the Broncos get in there. I just want to – that's one thing I love about the NFL mm. is it is the most fair league to get back because there's, mm. there's, there is there's there is a salary cap. There's no luxury tax. Uh, and then if you are the worst, you have an opportunity to get out of that by getting the best. Pick. Are you guys in favor of like an NBA-style weighted lottery? No. No. Okay. Too easy to be fixed. Which I believe the NBA lottery is every year. Mm. Well, I mean, I think there's an easy way around that. Like they do, because they they do. The problem with the NBA, I think, is that they do it kind of in the back room, right? Why can't why can't they have they put all the balls so in in public, cheat. right? So <laughs> you you have the hopper, and let's say that, and, and let's say you start. It's, it's the bottom. It's the bottom, like uh, say, tw- the bottom, say five teams. Okay. And the team with the worst record has has 20 balls. And the team with the second worst record has 10. And then on down the line. So you do it in public. And then whatever you pull, whatever you pull out, it's above board. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's too obvious, right? The NHL does it that way. Yes. And I still don't trust it. <laughs> so you, you believe the frozen envelope theory for the first NBA draft lottery, right? Yes. And that was where they did put the, all the envelope. It was, everyone had the same chance, one in seven. It wasn't weighted. And they put all the envelopes in and David Stern kind of, you know, stirs the drum and all that. And supposedly the Knicks envelope was cold. <laughs> of course. Of course I believe that. Yeah. Never trust these places to do it the right way. Yeah. It's all, it's business. I also don't feel like the NFL has a tanking problem. Maybe you guys can disagree Not at with all. me, no, but we kind of saw it on so. Sunday. Look how the Jaguars played. Yeah. Played, they played their best game of the season when it can be said they had nothing to play for, and then they still end up having the number one pick because Detroit I'm sure there's played some, a good game. I'm sure there's some major league-esque conversations that go on in front offices, which is like, I want these guys to lose, you know, oh, yes. or, you know, Ted Lasso even. Um, but you can't stop these guys who are like, 
as close to warriors as you can be to being warriors. Well, that's um, yeah. When they get into it on game day, that's it. Like right. they're playing, they're playing hard. They're, I'm sure the conversations happened in every front office. Like, well, if we lose this game, we pick ninth, and you know. Yeah, exactly. But you, you can't t- you can't stop those guys from going out there and trying to win. And I can yeah. say, and I can even tell you this, even like on the executive level, you know. There was there was anger over losing that game on Saturday. Also in basketball, it's pretty easy to put five bad players on the court. It's really hard to put you know uh, uh, twenty two bad players on the field at once. Just ask uh, Dan Campbell when the Lions were in town, though. And and to your point, that was an extremely mm-hmm. obscure yes. Uh, time. Yes. Yes. All right. Um, from C. Fillmore. 72, good day, gentlemen. I've really enjoyed the pods of late, with most of them having all three of you involved. Great chemistry, a blend of viewpoints and opinions, the spicy takes, humors, and back-and-forth debate. Top stuff. Thank you. Mm-hmm. On the Around the NFL podcast, the Chaps were speculating about the Browns potentially trading away Baker in his final rookie deal year. He didn't come up with the QB. He didn't come up in the QB debates in December. Do you think he'd fit? Is he an upgrade? And would you give? Uh, what would you give up in a trade for the former number one overall pick, a first and a fourth? Nope, Christopher. Not that much because it's a it's a fifth year it's fifth year option year, so it's a contract year for him. Um, fifth year option isn't quite as cheap, right? So, and it's basically it's a one year deal, so it could be, it could be one and done. Now Baker Mayfield's trend is on one year off the next. So by that, like very good rookie season, pulled oh. back under Freddie Kitchens in nineteen, excellent third season. Struggled last year with injuries, so you might be getting a guy who's poised to have a good season. But then you'd be, well, right. what do you do after that? You're right, paying him exactly. $30 million. You're and probably giving him the franchise tag and seeing what he does for another year. Fair enough. His cap is 18.9 yeah. year if that is yeah. It's like the uh, the old Case Keenum number. He's, yeah, he's, I'm, a, he's your middle-class quarterback then. Yep, yeah. and I'm not doing that because you're not only paying him a lot, you probably want to also potentially give him a contract extension or you could go the franchise tag route but then if it gets to that point and you're franchise tagging him then you're probably going to be paying him a massive contract uh and then you're also giving up resources for him yeah i'd give up maybe like a two i was gonna say they have two twos don't they this year yes a one and one of them a one and a four i'm not doing if if that if it's if it's baker mayfield or taking matt corral at nine and starting the clock on Corral and seeing where he goes, yep. I'm taking Corral. I don't think the Browns would trade Baker for less than a one. And, and that's their prerogative. Yeah, you know, it's, He's their guy. They, If I were them, I would see it to the finish line either right, way. Right. Uh, from Kendall Hinton, Hall of Famer. Uh, guys, you lost me. As I said, Oh, wow, okay. Um, something you guys did. Uh, maybe this is one that's just for us. Um, yeah. Okay, but we but but he gets into like Dan Quinn. Talks yeah, so I'll go down Let's to go the there. Yeah. Uh, so reposting from yesterday, um, like Dan Quinn, but it's also hard to get excited about him. The best coaches with experience are already taken because they're on teams. Andy Reid, Belichick, just like the best QBs with experience are already taken. You can choose to go with someone who's been to a Super Bowl, aka Flacco or Jimmy G, or Peterson and Quinn at coach instead of a young prospect uh, at QB or coach. But how many people really get excited about those guys? QB and coach aren't per. Uh, perfectly analogous 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 um but they're close enough uh we should bring the same energy for them that we would with qbs with experience that aren't the best like jimmy g even quinn even if quinn is the higher though this is shaping up to be a hell of an exciting off season i agree it's it's shaping up to be that uh so is he advocating for jimmy g um i think what he i think he's talking about how you have 
people that have been to a Super Bowl, but it doesn't necessarily doesn't necessarily mean they're 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 great. Like Jimmy, yep. like That's Jimmy true. Garoppolo and uh, Joe Flacco, they weren't worth big contracts as it turned out, but they got to a Super Bowl, and maybe the same is true for Dan Quinn. I think the thing with Quinn that does intrigue me most is that he's three for three on offensive coordinator hires. So clearly, and th- and that's a skill as well, knowing what you want on offense and finding the person to get that. Yes, I know we had Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, but those offenses were better with Dan Quinn than they ever were with Mike Smith as head coach. Yep. Uh, and Kendall Hinton, Hall of Famer, um, sorry that you've kind of come on some hard times. We yeah. hope to have you back another time and let us know if we can help you out in any way. Absolutely. Um, all right. I think that wraps it up. For us today, we're trying to keep these a little bit shorter. We've been, we've been going long lately. I'm sure there'll be some two-hour pods coming up eventually as you know we get a little more down or we, they hire a coach or they get a new owner. Uh, but an hour and 15 will do it for today. Uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. Sorry we couldn't get to all of your comments. You know that we're doing our best there. There's just so much to talk about right now. Uh, so hopefully we'll get to some more tomorrow uh, and uh, hopefully more exciting news soon. That's going to wrap it up for us today on the DMVR Broncos podcast. For Zach and Mace, we'll see you guys tomorrow. I know some landmarks we used to hit Where flying cotton would stick to your lips Now I know those lips ain't mine They haven't been